welcome to the Midlife Career Rebel, the podcast created for high-achieving professional women to gain the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to go after and get the life and career they want. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh, lawyer, social scientist, brand strategist, executive coach, entrepreneur, and Midlife Career Rebel. Each week, you'll learn strategies to manage your mind, navigate the challenges of midlife, and take control of your career so you can thrive doing the work you love. So if you're ready to tear up that rule book and create your own, you're in the right place. And I can't wait to show you how. Hey, Rebels, welcome back to what I'm calling in season two, the Career Rebel Series, a conversation with game-changing women. And today we're talking to Liz Bronson and Kathleen Nelson-Troyer, the host of Real Job Talk, the podcast for mid-career professionals seeking practical advice, inspiration, and guidance. Combined, these amazing women have over 20 years of experience in recruiting HR are career coaching, and so much more. And I've had the privilege and pleasure to be a guest on their podcast. And I'll drop the link as well as other things in the show notes so that you can check that out. And after spending time with them, I knew I had to bring them here to bring their wit, wisdom, and experience to you so you can learn so much more. And so without further ado, welcome ladies to the podcast. Thank you so much, Carol. We're so happy to be here. Thank you. I am so happy you're here. So I would love just for you guys individually and together to talk about like why you started the podcast. And I know whoever wants to go first is totally fine. But, you know, Liz, I know you're a VP of people um, at Support Logic, and you're also the owner of Liz um, Bronson Consulting. And Kathleen, I know you have your own uh, consulting practice as well and, you know, came out of a career doing so much, so much in, um, you know, in corporate space before you started your own. So I would love to hear a little bit about each of you all's individual journey and then coming together to create the real Job Talk podcast. You want to say, Kat? Go for it. Sure. Okay. So um, I'm Kathleen Nelson Troyer. My friends call me Kat, so you can too. <laughs> and um, I started my business, Jigsaw Solutions, in 2003. So it's just amazing to me that uh, it's going to be 19 years this year. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. I'm going to have to do something big next year to celebrate. Yeah. Um, It actually started as Jigsaw Staffing Solutions. Mm. And about five or six years ago, I changed the title because I wasn't doing a lot of staffing. I'm doing much much more organizational development consulting and leadership coaching and, and some career coaching as well. So um, most of my practice is working with corporate clients. I, um, I probably I spend most of my time encouraging the leaders that I work with to have the necessary conversations, even when they're uncomfortable. So, uh, you know, a fair amount of time of okay, this conversation needs to happen. How are you going to approach it? How are you going to be kind and direct and get the outcome that you want? Mm. So I do other things too. I do three sixty degree degree feedback and. Um, you know, support my clients' companies where they need support from the people side. Yeah. But it's more people-oriented than kind of HR operations. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. And I started I started eons ago. Um, yeah, I, I have more than 20 years experience personally. So Liz, Liz has about that too. So we're probably combined, uh, you know, 40 plus years experience, but I don't want to date myself. <laughs> right. We'll say 20 plus. <laughs> I started in staffing. Um, I started on, a, on an agency desk and moved over to corporate staffing a couple of years later, uh, worked for companies like Schwab, Charles Schwab, and uh, Barclays Global Investors, where I met Liz in 2004. And that was, you know, Liz has been such a blessing in my life. And it's just so amazing that I get to work with her on a weekly basis with this podcast. It's been great. That is so awesome. Okay, Liz, what's your story? Oh, how long do we have? <laughs> So I went to school to be an elementary school teacher. And after about two years of teaching, I said, gosh, people are having fun in the city of San Francisco. I'm going to try that versus getting yelled at by snotty parents. So (laughs) I found HR. Uh, My first job in HR was at Barclays Global Investors, where I met my dear friend Kathleen and learned so much from her. And I started in HR, went did a lot of severance agreements after the dot-com bust, went into the happy side and wanted to give jobs versus take jobs, and um, moved down the peninsula and hated co- driving up to the city. So I got a job at VMware mm. uh, when they were around 500 people. And uh, my husband actually was working there and introduced me, and that's how I got the job. And I stayed there as a consultant the whole time for nine years. And... During that time, I moved to Austin, Texas. I had two children. I had a husband who traveled a ton, and I kind of career flatlined, but Mm. in a really good part of the business where I met a ton of leaders and was able to do a lot of influential recruiting and consulting with them. I couldn't deal with the big company because it was so much process and not getting stuff done. And so I hung my shingle when one of my favorite leaders left and promised me a gig on the other side. And so opened my own consulting business um, about almost nine years ago and um, worked with over 25 different companies in that time, a lot on the recruiting side, a lot on the HR side, helping early stage business thinking about their people. And towards the latter side, my kids were getting a lot older. They didn't need as much me of my time. They needed more of my direct attention. I started to yearn to go in-house again. I missed being on a team. I missed being able to make decisions versus just recommend things. Mm -hmm. I missed that there'd be meetings. I'm like, why didn't you have me? Why didn't you pay me to be at that meeting? (laughs) Um, And so I started 2021. I was like, I'm gonna just put it into the universe and see if anyone bites. And I knew I had a really different background. I mm-hmm. hadn't conned up the ladder like most people. Um, but in early September, I started talking to Support Logic. I knew some people there. I knew some of their advisors. And uh, after about a week of interviewing, they offered me the role to lead the people department. Um, and I've been building an HR department since September 30th. And it's been well, I'm not bored anymore. I'll tell you that. <laughs> not bored. I love that. Now, I, I want you guys to talk about the podcast, but something you said really caught me, which was 
that, you know, I went looking and I didn't climb the ladder like, you know, people would typically see, but you still were able to identify what you wanted and brought all of your brilliance together in order to land this position. And I would love, you know, you guys are like, you know, OGs in the HR space and recruiting <laughs> space, right? You know, so, so, you know, what would you say helped you to be able to pull you know, teacher and, you know, HR and all the different things that you've done together in order for you, running your own business for what you still do, but running that independently and then coming back into the space, going after something, you know, most people are so set on this like path and which I think is like, you know, basically played out and not even, you know, the way to go anymore. But Mm -hmm. how did you do it? And what would you advise to people who think, oh, I only have one way to go to do what I want? So Carol, the path didn't work for me Mm. because early-ish in my career, I became a mom and I wanted to be a hands-on mom. And, you know, we moved to Austin so I wouldn't have to go back to work full-time right away because in the Bay Area, I would have. Yeah. And I had a husband who was an awesome, is an amazing dad um, and super great, but was traveling 75, 85, 90% of the time. So. And I did not want to outsource parenting. Mm. For me, that was not, that didn't feel right. I also had two kids under two, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I made, I stayed at VMware. I was part, they let me be part-time, which I'm forever grateful for. Um, but that's what I could handle at the time because that wasn't my focus. And so when I thought about my career, I kind of, knew that I was making the choices that worked for me at the time and figured I'd deal with the rest later. I knew what my potential was or thought I knew what my potential was, but I knew that I couldn't go for it and be happy. Mm -hmm. And so what I would do, I aligned myself with really great people in the business. I showed them that I could be that HR people advisor. I put myself in that situation so that then when I was a consultant, they hired me. All my business mm. came from XVMware people either referring or hiring me directly. But um, it was a very conscientious choice to flatline because mm. that's what worked with my life. And then mm-hmm. I figured I'd deal with it later. Wow. And I, if I needed to, I could go back in as a recruiter and, and climb the ladder or something. I was lucky that I didn't have to do that. I got really great consulting gigs that allowed me to kind of spread my wings a bit, um, which gave me enough credo to then come in house at the level I did. But not everyone, look, I applied for jobs in 2021 and they're like, you're not qualified. I'm like, yes, I am. Um, (laughs) And I, you know, or I would talk to people and like, yeah, but you haven't really, I mean, that happened. My boss took a chance on me. I will tell you, Carol, though, he wouldn't have if I hadn't come highly recommended by one of his board members and two of his e-staff members. Mm. It was my network. It wasn't my resume. It was my network. I love that you said that because I always talk about that. A good network will do twice more than what a good resume will do. So I love that you said that. But but I'm wondering, you know, we, you know, we talk a lot about like confidence and self-confidence and the fear of, you know, the unknown. And so, you know, you sound as you describe it, like you, you know, were confident and self-assured the whole way through. Was there any moments of like, oh shit? 
<laughs> I, I knew that I was flatlining at a point where I quote unquote should be growing, but I didn't feel like I had a choice in order to be the mom I wanted to be. And like, I would tell people, I know I could have, but I didn't. And, but I don't regret that choice. And I just figured I had to make the choice that was right for me and my family, which will always be my number one priority in that moment so that I wouldn't have regrets. Because I could have regrets on the career side and live with myself. I couldn't have regrets on the family side and live with myself. Gotcha. And I'm lucky. Look, I, did, I wasn't the main breadwinner. I was the secondary breadwinner. And they, so there were certain things that were not on my shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. But it was, I knew the career choices weren't the best career-only choices. But yeah. I just, I, and I did focus the last couple of years, I did focus a lot on personal brand. Starting this podcast with Kat has been revolutionary. For And thank God she joined me on this because I would not have done this journey by myself. Yeah. But just in widening my influence and breadth and establishing myself as a, as a thought leader. Oh, yes, I have a, career, a podcast <laughs> about careers. I know about careers. <laughs> like, it... It helped for sure. But I would say I was not confident. And in fact, there was definitely a point probably when the kids were like six, seven, eight, nine, where I was like, I've screwed myself. Mm. I'm never going to be able to get back where I want to be or I'm going to have to slog. And But then if you had said, well, are you going to go back full time and do it now? The answer was no, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't see how I could do it. I'm sure I could have if I had to. Yeah. You know, Liz, the thing about your story that that I know because I've been able to witness it, you know, along the way with you is... my career coach. (laughs) Liz knows who she is and what her priorities are. Yes. Right? And so so that was very intentional. And when we're intentional, things end up working out better for us in the long run. Absolutely. I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is so true. I think being in touch, I was going to comment on that, that, that what, what you did was believe in your values, what was important to you and didn't let anyone else talk you out of that. And so you followed what was right for you. And I think so many people aren't even in touch with what that is, Mm -hmm. let alone follow it. And I think that's so amazing. What were you going to say, Kathleen? Oh, I think, I, I just think it's important to really know what you want. Yeah. You know, Liz and I are speaking at uh, at the Women Transforming Technology Conference uh, in April. And the theme of the uh, conference is Elevate elevate Joy. Mm. And so we we sent a proposal in in December, or November or December, and we, we, we're going to do a talk on elevating joy in your career by knowing what your must-have list is. Mm. And using that to leverage your career choices. Yeah. So that's that's part of that's part of the process that we both use when we work with one-on-one people who come to us for career coaching. It's like, yeah, we can help with your resume. Uh, but before you do the resume, there's the, the real work is up front. The resume is easy when you know what you know. You know yeah. what you want. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I say a resume is just a record of what you've done, but you have to figure out where you want to go. The resume is a marketing tool, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, totally love that. So, so what led you guys to create the Real Job Talk podcast? Real Job Talk was Liz's idea. <laughs> she came to me during a really busy time with my work and said, "I, I got this idea, Cat." <laughs> I got this idea, and I was like, "This is a really good idea." 
let's talk again in six months. And I think it was about a year later that I said, okay, now's the time. Because one thing I've learned in business is, you know, great ideas are important, mm-hmm. but right timing is even more important. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, if the, you got to know what do you have on your plate mm-hmm. and is it the right time? Is it the right time to take a move, you know, to make a career move? Is it, is it the right time to launch a new project? But I think that the timing really worked for us. And I mean, the biggest bonus is getting to have more time with this lady. You know, she's, she's fabulous. She's, she's one of the smartest people I know and one of the kindest people, but also gives it to you straight. Yeah. I'm going to cry. That's so awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love it. And so, you know, when you talked about people really, you know, like even your talk, finding your joy and, and um, you know, really knowing what you want to do in your career, what, what would you say is like a great first step that people can take um, if they're struggling with that question, with trying to figure out, you know, not only what do I want, but but how do I hold my priorities and my values as a, as um as more important and to follow those, you know, when they seem to be conflicting with what I think my career should be or where I think I should go. I think that's where the must-have list just is so, so important, right? So you think about what do I want out of my career and what do I need in my career right now? And then you kind of back out of it, right? So if you think, I really love working with customers, then that's on your must-have list. Like a job where you never talk to customers, not a good fit. And so Mm. one thing that one of our podcast guests that happens to be a friend of mine from high school, but he's always been fabulous. I I have a lot of years of knowledge. Um, (laughs) He said, look at your calendar and follow your energy. Which meetings light you up and get you psyched? And which Mm. meetings drag you down and make you feel like you need a cup of coffee? (laughs) And that will help you start to see which parts of my job do I love. You're going to have things that absolutely suck the life out of you. That is life. <laughs> yeah. Anyone has figured out I would say it's 50-50. Life? Yes. Mm-hmm. If anyone's figured out the key to life where you don't have some life suckage, please let me know. Yes. <laughs> that said, you don't want it to be so skewed that you're feeling so drained. All the time. You want, my, my CEO said it the other day, he's like, I woke up this morning so psyched to come to work. See, and that I, is what, that's the juice, right? That's what we all want. Yeah. And yeah. I will tell you, I like right now, I'm doing so much good stuff and like seeing impact and like, holy moly, I'm making that happen. I'm excited to get to my desk. Yeah. I'm working like a lunatic and I am excited to get to my desk because I'm super excited about this company we're building. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But to back it up, um, it's about knowing what you can do and what you want in your job now and then flushing out, well, what kinds of jobs have that? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. So when you're clear on your must-haves and must-haves include things like compensation. They include things like commute or and personal ability life. to work mm-hmm. at home. And mm-hmm. yeah. What do I need? What do I need in my person? What do I need in, in my personal life to be happy in my job right. and in my career? And what do I need in my career to be happy at home? Those are really essential questions to ask. Yeah. I love that. I always call it career life alignment, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, we talked about that when you were on. Yeah. I, I really, 
I, I've been, I, and just to know the impact that you've had on me, Carol, yep. when I want to say work-life balance, I find myself stopping and say work-life alignment now. So thank you for that. Yes. Because it is more like, you know, balance, uh, you know, balance. I, I'm a Libra. Okay. I, and the, 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 the Libra is, is the scales, right? So yeah. My life is always striving for balance and, and that can be exhausting. And, mm-hmm. and so hearing your approach to work-life life alignment made me realize, hey, who cares about striving for balance, but how about alignment? Because certain times in our life, we're going to be working more. Mm-hmm. Certain times in our life, we might, you know, we might need to have surgery and you're going to focus on healing or, or you might want to take a sabbatical or, or you're raising kids, right? Yeah. Life different seasons mm-hmm. and alignment means different things in those seasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I love, you know, the work that you all do and the, and the focus and the help that you have with people really trying to discover, you know, the work that they want to do and mean to do in the world. When you work with your female clients in particular, you know, I, I find that, you know, mid-career professionals, midlife women who are experienced, smart, go-getters, mm-hmm. sometimes struggle with asking for help. Oh, right. God. Sometimes I struggle with admitting that I don't know what I don't know. Right. Because mm-hmm. you get raised in a corporate environment where you have to know everything. And, and it's not safe know. to be vulnerable and say and, that. It, yes. That's changing, but it's not that yes. way with every corporation. It's not that way with yes. every culture. So, yes. so you have to kind of guard yourself and game it a little bit. But absolutely. Or if you, even if it becomes safe, you don't trust it because mm-hmm. you've been raised mm-hmm. in an environment yep. where that actually wasn't the case for you. So how how do you deal with women who maybe come to you in whispers and quiet corners <laughs> asking for your help, but but aren't ready or feel like they're ready to commit to getting coached or to have a coaching relationship? Because one, they don't want people to know, but two, even to trust themselves to invest in the process to get the help that they need. Do you find women struggle with that? And how do you help them kind of get over that to say, come on in, it's okay. <laughs> the water's fine. <laughs> I think most women are supportive, right? Most women I know spend a fair amount of their times giving back to their family, giving back to their community. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of been programmed by society to not put ourselves first. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one of the things I, I do a um, you know, an introductory kind of strategy session with people, right? It's a, it's a, it's, it's free, it's a free call where you know, we'll have a conversation. We'll we'll figure out are we, are we a fit, right? Mm-hmm. And and I always cover self care in that in that conversation because I want to sense how does this person does this person prioritize self care? Where where are they at on that spectrum? Mm-hmm. And and here's what I know about self care: the more we can take care of ourselves and make make ourselves as resilient as possible, the more impact we're going to have, the more good we're going to be able to do in the world. Yes. So I had one of, one of the executives I've been working with for 10 years. She said to me last week, you know, Kathleen, I don't have, I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't have time to exercise. And, and what she meant to say, and then she went on to talk, you know, she wanted to tell me about why she has three sons. And she is, and you know, she's she's almost like a managing partner for her company. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's one of the owners, and she's she's the one that kind of keeps. She's got that observer hat, and yeah. she just kind of she kind of sees the big picture really well. So I lean on her in, in my work because I know that she's going to see the picture. Mm-hmm. But I think that you know, 
saying I don't have time to exercise is, I mean, I, I push back on that yeah, because I think that exercise is really important to keep ourselves healthy. And also it's such a great stress reliever. Yes. And as I was enjoying my workout this afternoon, it didn't happen this morning, but it happened this afternoon. Yay. But, but you know, basically what I think she meant to say to me is right now in this season of my life, it's more important for me to have time at the dinner table with my sons mm-hmm. and my husband. Mm-hmm. But I think how, I think our perspective is everything. Yeah. So, you know, working with how we can be constructive with our thoughts and how we, what we tell ourselves is so important. Oh, absolutely. And I think every woman, you know, everyone deserves support Mm -hmm. and, and, and women tend to give support more than receive it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, take little steps, take little steps in accepting support. Yeah. If it's offered, you know, if you're if you're one of those people that has a hard time receiving support, and whether that's free or paid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, take, you know, if it's offered, accept it. Yeah. I love and, that. And, yeah. and then that becomes that becomes, you know, the you you take little steps. You start you start with, you know, accepting a you know, taking on a complimentary conversation. Mm-hmm. If it's a fit, you consider, well, maybe maybe I am worth it to actually get clarity, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I really am worth it to have a happier life and career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say to tell someone to try asking for help. Like, I know it's hard. It's like, it's like that first habit changing thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're stuck. Ask. I was coaching someone who works for me today and I said to her, like, don't sit there stressing. Ask. And if I don't know, we'll figure it out together. Yeah. Especially in the remote world, we sit in our own space and we spin, right? Mm-hmm. When, we, when we're not super, super confident, we can spin. What mm-hmm. a time suck that can be too, right? Ah. It's, it, totally. We can just say, hey, you know what? I need some clarity. I need some help. Can you help yeah. me understand this? Totally. Yeah, but there's such a stigma over asking for help. And, there you know, is. it's, it's, it's and we've internalized it like there's something wrong with us when mm-hmm. we do. And that's where the, I think the misconception really comes in, yeah. you know, I, that, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I would say for a woman who's having a hard time asking for help, ask a woman you respect first mm. versus the woman who you don't trust or don't, you know, don't ask the person you don't trust for help because you don't ever, it's what, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're way more vulnerable, right? You're like, that's super vulnerable. But like the woman you're like, she's awesome, super kind, always tells me if I need anything, I'm going to try it. Yeah. And then yeah. you're going to get that like dopamine, like, oh, and it worked. Yeah. And so maybe you'll do it again, but be strategic and think about who you're asking. Yeah. So that it goes well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's one goes, the, if, oh, sorry. I was going to say, that's one of the reasons why I love working um, with women in groups because mm-hmm. it you start to see that you can have support and rely on each other. And, you know, you start getting used to, like you were saying, Liz, asking for help and asking for support and seeing that played out so that you can implement that really in mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. and in your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kat, what were you going to say? Oh, I just think that, you know, if I was going to say, if, if that conversation went well, this is someone that you already trust. We, we talk about a board of advisors, right? Mm-hmm. A personal board of advisors, people in your life that you can turn to when you are contemplating an issue or have a problem or have a challenge. If, you know, if you don't have a board of advisors, think about people that you trust and, and start reaching out to them and, and you can develop that. Yeah. And, you know, anytime I have an issue, I have go-to people. 
And I, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for that, knowing that, okay, I don't know how to deal with this. This, this is a new one. Yeah. I am totally out of my comfort zone. And I know I can call Liz. And because of our trust, I can I can tell her exactly how it is, exactly how I feel. And she's going to remind me. She's going to give me her perspective. She's also going to remind me who I am. And in that moment when I am full of self-doubt and fear, it's it's quite a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. that for me. Yeah. Well, and you know, I always, uh, I always talk, tell people too, like, and, and you should have a coach. You should get a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about, you know, Serena Williams and, you know, Simone Biles and, you know, Michael Jordan and his dare, anybody that you would name, Tiger, like whoever you all would name, them. they all have coaches because they know they will call them on their shit. They'll push them to another level. You know, they'll take it to, in fact, I was, I was on a coaching call today with someone and she was like, you're the only one who calls me on my shit. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, because I'm not like, I love you to death, but I'm not your buddy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I'm here to help you up level. I'm here to help you meet your goals. And, you know, I think, you know, I I used to, you know, kind of tiptoe around telling people to find a, you know, to coach or something of that nature. But I'm like, no, if the grace in the world can have one, why can't you have one too? And I think the work that you ladies do with your clients to support them. Like if that's why the woman's with you for 10 years, Kat, because she's like, I need someone to help up level someone who is not just going to be a yes man or a yes woman, but definitely someone who's going to, you know, support me to go along the way. And so, you know, yeah, I know it's, it's easy from this end of this perspective because I've had my own coach, you know, and got my own coaching, but I know when you're new into the fray, you know, it's, it's like a scary thing to go out there and ask for help or to say that you have somebody who's supporting you to move forward. So, or there's stigma, like a coach is like a therapist, right? And actually, you know, I've had several disciplinary, right? right? Remember back in the day, (laughs) all right, like a PE coach. Yes. If you got coaching, it was because you were, Mm -hmm. you were not performing well Mm -hmm. and you needed to improve your performance. So I think there's a perception sometimes in the corporate space Mm -hmm. that if you have to get a coach, it means something's wrong as opposed to I'm doing amazing. I want to take it to another level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the best thing you can do to up-level your career is to get support. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. And I I love what you said about groups Mm -hmm. because I think groups there, you know, I don't want to say support groups because that has all kinds of connotations, but <laughs> especially like I'm doing a book group of, and we're reading Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And our, <laughs> such a good book. <laughs> so good. I know. It's our, and this is our first book. We had our first meeting last week and it happened to be all women in the room. Mm. And something magical happened, Carol. And like these are women from all around the organization. And you know, we're going to be starting an ERG and stuff like that. But it is like, we started to talk and support mm. each other in ways that we've never done because we were never all in the room without the boys. Yeah, yeah. And oh, Liz, I, think, I love that. I know, it's so cool. Um, so it was, re- it's a really powerful thing when women are in a room supporting women. Yes. Because yes. we're listening, generally. and. We want to help. There's a nurturing thing that happens mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a women who are going to sit in that group. Probably women who aren't very nurturing and don't want to help others aren't in the group. So yeah, yeah, it's a pretty powerful thing, and utilize that to lift you up, as Kat said, and be like, "Look, you're awesome." Yeah, I agree. And it's that magic. Helps with imposter syndrome and stuff like that in a big way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you said it's magic because I think it absolutely is. It's, it's, it is something that really happens in the in the outcome of it when you start to be around other women who can hear you, who do listen, you know, you're not alone, who identify or understand, or, you know, you look around and you feel so isolated usually in the corporate space. And to actually have someone who like gets it or been there, done that, it can actually give you some, not only support, but some ideas on how to, you know, deal with their support or to know someone just has your back, I think is just so amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, something I did that was pretty cool pre-pandemic was... A couple years ago, obviously, I started this group of work-at-home moms that had kids in the schools in our area. And I just, I threw it out to anyone. It wasn't exclusive or anything. You know, you had to be a mom. You had to work. Real work, not like MLM work, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, job, job. And you had to live around here and be willing to go to lunch once a month. Mm -hmm. And it was so great to get this diverse group of women together that had this thing in common because when you're an elementary school mom, the school will have you there 40 hours a week if you'll let them. If if you say yes, they'll say, okay, okay, can you also take this? So there's this huge like guilt complex and that's why I started it. Like, are other people just feeling like they say no all the time and like they're a bad mom? Yeah. And it was so cool, right? And this wasn't career coaches, but we ended up talking about work and the balance or work and how we dealt with days off, rando days off for teacher conferences and stuff and supporting women, supporting women, problem solving together, fetching a little bit, but that was okay. Yeah. It was super, super cool. Again, this group that had this one thread in common ended up being a real support system for each other. Yeah. That's so awesome. So listen, you know, so much has changed with the pandemic and, you know, the Mm -hmm. way that we work, obviously. And um, what advice would you give most career, mid-career professionals to position themselves for success with the changes that are happening? And and I'm sure you've seen a lot of them. I mean, with your background and experience um, with HR, with recruiting, with corporations and what's happening in the corporate spaces today, you know, what would you say for mid-career, mid-life professional women in particular, Mm -hmm. what should they start doing to really position themselves for success if they're looking maybe to promote or to find a different job or to totally transition out and become an entrepreneurial genius like you ladies? Like, what what would you say they need to really start thinking about to position them for success? I think the same, somewhat the same stuff, right? Like, Back in the day, whether you're in the office or not, you had to show your accomplishments. You had to ask for stretch assignments. You had to let your intentions be known. I'm a salesperson, but I want to get into customer success. How could I get involved with customer success, right? Like, so you just have to be more overt about it even mm-hmm. than ever because you're sitting in your house thinking, gosh, I like customer success. And like nobody knows because the thought bubble does not pop up on the Zoom. So, <laughs> Well, thank God. <laughs> Let's all be thankful that there are no thought bubbles. But I, so I just think you have to really use your one-on-one time with anyone you're with very intentionally mm. so that People are clear on your goals. A decent manager, not even a great manager, a decent manager, if you say, I want this, 
will help you as much as they're able to get from A to B. They will not, though, guess that you want this if you don't tell them. Because mind reading, love it. Not, not, a, not a core competency. So love it. I think you have to be more overt. But again, before you go and say, I want this, I want that, and have that must-have list really clear. Mm-hmm. Know what that job is that you're going for and make sure it hits the must-have list or else you might find yourself in a pickle. Yeah. Right. So you I think you're pretty good. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. I do think that I, I'm, I'm. I do think that when one of the things that we've learned from the last two years is that the people that are able to adapt to change tend to do better. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so grateful. Back in high school, I we had assigned reading this book called Mega Trends by John Nesbitt. And this was written in the 80s. But I I was talking to a friend about this this weekend. And she said, you know, that book is still being used in universities. It's still being used in uh, geopolitical arenas. Like it's about figuring out what the trends are before the trends happen and positioning yourself. So it's about being forward thinking. But you can't be forward thinking until you've done some self-assessment, until you've been a little bit internal. So one of the things that I really push my mid-level clients to do is a weekly review. Okay. And so, you know, at the end of the week, you know, reviewing what were my top priorities? Did I meet them? Where am I spending my time? You know, um, what were, what were my challenges? What did I do great at? What did I, what am I not happy about what I did? And, and, and then do a little postmortem with that. Okay, if I could do that again, how would I do it differently? Mm -hmm. And so you're preparing yourself so that for the next, you know, everything we do here on planet Earth here as humans is a learning opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. It's at work and it's, you know, but so everything at work is a learning opportunity and and challenges are okay. I mean, I like to say, you know, mistakes are okay as long as we learn from them. And, And I don't know about you guys, but you know, I learn from successes, but it's the mistakes that that hook that's me. That's where the learning comes. Right? And, and that's when I really learn. So if it's a little bit painful, okay, well, that's kind of uncomfortable, but, you know, life can be uncomfortable. But the learnings that come through that stuff is where the juice is. And that's how we move ourselves forward. We don't stay doing the same thing. And, yeah. and adapting to change, I think I'm, I'm grateful. I, you know, I'm grateful for that book so many years ago because I've known that was, you know, that was the, the skill I needed to develop. Mm-hmm. And and I look at, you know, I look at friends, you know, I, I, I have friends who can adapt to change and, and clients who are very easy with change. And there are other people that any little change on the horizon is going to stump them. Mm-hmm. And I just, and my heart goes out to them because it's like, oh, honey. <laughs> like, if you think this is something. <laughs> well, and it's harder to have conversation with, conversations with those people too, because there's, that they are so much more guarded and and, yeah. and not comfortable being vulnerable and and being vulnerable is where the juice is. Yeah, like, uh, I, you're right. I mean, if nothing else, these two leaders have taught us. I mean, there is nothing certain, and so you have to be someone who knows how to roll with it <laughs> um, in this time. And so I could see why that is such a key. I mean, you guys just dropped some gems and some nuggets here. You know, being adaptable and fluid. You know, asking for what you want, knowing what you want, building that network. I mean, those yeah. are just powerhouse, you know, mm-hmm. suggestions. I have one more, Carol. I, that, yeah. Like, as Kat was talking, I'm like, oh, wait, 
It's solutions mindset. Yes. Yes. That person who comes in like, oh, this is broken. Yeah. No one wants to work with you. No one wants to promote you. You're annoying. Yeah. Someone who comes in like, you know, I noticed this process is a little janky. I have some ideas. Let's get some other people in the room. We'll brainstorm and like come up with a focus. But like, let's get it started. That person. Such a different, such a different experience. Yeah. And they have the same problem, right? Mm -hmm. One's just whining and has no solutions. And the other is like, problem identification, problem solution. Yeah. Yes, I made it sound simple. It's a little more complex, but it's the the people who are adaptable are the Mm -hmm. ones that have really thrived in the last two years. But the people who come up with solutions, because we've been thrown problem after problem after problem in the last few years. And the people that can adapt and change and figure things out, they're the ones thriving and emerging as leaders. Yeah, yeah. They also know how to say no. Oh, uh, no is a complete ever. sentence. Yes. Yeah. And, and we have to learn to say no so that we have capacity to say yes to the things that really matter. Yes to the important projects. Mm-hmm. And that's a practice too. You know, the first time you do it, it's not easy. You might need to map out the conversation beforehand, but before you know it, it, it becomes easier to say no. Yeah. If it's not essential, yeah. if it's not on the must have list, if it's not on your job description and it's an extra thing that's just not going to not not going to move the needle for you. It's okay to say no. Yeah. How do you suggest women work with that, getting that mindset to feel that confidence to say no, to, you know, to, to ask for what they want, to, mm-hmm. to be adaptable, to really, you know, shift, particularly if they have been sitting back in this, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't want to call it victim, but, you know, just kind of letting life happen to them as opposed to really stepping into, as I always say, the driver's seat and control of your and career. Be the so, CEO of your career. Yes. Yes. So the no thing. I'm all about it. And it was hard. I mm-hmm. had to learn the hard way. And I read this book called The Ambition Decision that was like, it talked about these high achieving women in their mid 40s. They were either career, they had opted out of their career, or they were in the middle. And in the middle ones would take on everything to try to get that challenge. Mm. And so they were like the most overworked because they were yep. trying to do it all. And I'm like, oh, whoops, that's me. Because I wanted to be the room mom and I wanted to have, mm-hmm. the, and I had my own business and this and that. And oh, yeah, 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 I was exhausted and burnt. And so I learned that you only say no, yes to the things that are truly going to bring you joy. And that feels weird as a volunteer, like, I want to help the class. <laughs> well, I bring, I get joy maybe out of chaperoning the field trip, but not cutting out stuff at 10 o'clock at night for the teacher. So I'm going to do the volunteering in the class that brings me joy. It does not bring me joy to bring cookies for some teacher potluck. That said, there are other people that will bring the cookies. Promise. And if you call me the night before and say, I am hosed, I need cookies, I am stopping at the grocery store and bringing cookies. Because by the way, store-bought cookies, just as appreciated as homemade cookies for those teacher luncheons. (laughs) Lesson learned. I love it. It's about learning to say yes to the things you really want to. And when you start saying no to the things you really don't want to do, and again, following your energy and your joy, all of a sudden you stop feeling so overwhelmed because the things that make you feel so overwhelmed are the suckers of the energy. Raining, yeah. And yeah. they're the things that you said yes to when you wanted to say mm-hmm. no. And yeah. when you say no and you're like, huh, I'm not at that thing tonight. I'm in my sweatpants. <laughs> you feel so darn good because you yeah. don't want to be there. You still don't want to be there. And also the impact we have, right? When we are showing up present and enjoy, you know, enjoy, right? Yeah. 
we have a much more positive impact other other than slogging through doing something, you know, coming in with the energy like a, of a chicken with their head cut off, right? You're just, yeah. you're just trying to do everything. I, I, that is that is one of the themes that I see with the people that I work with. They're just trying to do too much. It's yep. too, you know, the, the fast paced, whatever, whether it's the fast paced world or the fast paced business that they're in and they're not doing enough to take care of themselves. Yeah. So I made a decision with my business this year that I, I believe so strongly in a mind in, in some form of mindfulness practice mm-hmm. that if someone is not willing to practice for two minutes a day, I'm not going to take them on as a client. Wow. And and they don't have to be perfect. Yeah. I haven't talked to you, I haven't talked to you about this list. No. I, I they don't it. have to, they don't have to be perfect at it. They don't, you know, perfect, you know, being willing to practice may mean that you miss a day. I mean, I have a, you know, I have a really solid morning practice. I, you know, a, a self-proclaimed night owl is becoming a morning person after having a <laughs> daily morning practice for two years. Like I wake up and I got work to do. Right. Yeah. I wake up and I'm excited because what I do in my morning supports me. It, it, it fuels me. It reminds me why I'm doing what I do. Mm-hmm. And part of that is a little bit of meditation. And mm-hmm. some days, some days I, you know, I, I average about 10 minutes. Some days I have a luxurious half hour meditation. And, and some days I, I just breathe for two minutes. Yeah. Okay. I, because we've got to clear our head. Mm. All we cannot go through life. I mean, we cannot be effective and go through life with all of the stuff in our head. Yeah. In just two minutes of clearing that makes a huge difference. I mean, research research does show that even if it's little, it makes a difference. So yeah. take, take a few breaths, feel your feet and 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 get present. I, I try to do that before every meeting. Yeah. Because if I can show up present without all the other stuff going on, just be here now. I know I can be more effective. Absolutely. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. It's, I I always say this work, it's an inner and outer game, right? You Mm got to work on the inside stuff to get to the outside stuff or to make the outside stuff even effective at all. Like you have to do that, that I love that you're having this mindfulness practice and working with people who are committed to just taking two minutes, you know, to just really figure out what's going on up here, just to clear it out and to focus. Cause we live in a society, we live, you know, in this fast food society that always wants to go, go, go mm-hmm. without us actually. Do, do. Yeah. And do, 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 right. Always moving into action and not taking any thoughtful mindfulness action, you mm-hmm. know, that we really should do. So I love that you're doing that. That's amazing. Thank you. Amazing. It's, uh, it's been really really helpful to me personally. And that's why I believe in it so much. Yeah. And I think that's the ticket to a lot of the strategies that you gave already, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you can engage us to some mindfulness practice, you can learn how to say no. You can, Mm -hmm. you know, because you start listening to yourself and hearing yourself so that you can, you know, take ownership for yourself, which I love. You know, but also like mindfulness and and having having a practice does not equate being a nasal gaze, a navel gazer, right? Yeah. You can you can do all of that stuff, and it's fabulous. But it, you know, and it will support you. But if you are not doing the external steps, taking taking the steps, it's, it's a combination of both, right? A little yeah. bit, you know, maybe a little bit of mindset, maybe a little bit of woo, whatever whatever works to to, you know, to connect you with something bigger than yourself, to connect you with why you are here and why you're doing what you're doing. You need that, but yeah. you know, if you're only focused on that, good luck. Yeah, you got to take steps to move yourself forward. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. So listen, I have one final question, you know, so, so I love to ask people this because, you know, it's the name of the podcast. So tell me what does being a career rebel mean to you? Okay, I'll go. I mean, now that I'm where I felt like for years, I would say I could be that, but I've decided not to. Um, And now I'm doing it. And Carol, it scares the crap out of me half the time. I'm not going to lie. Like, I sometimes sit in meetings like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. And then I'll hear myself say something. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I said that. And um, I did buck the system. I took I took the road less traveled. I took huge risks. Again, none of them I regretted because I was home with my kids or part-time, you know, like I was really hands-on and running my household and all that stuff. But I like, I didn't know where it was going to go or how badly it was going to impact me. And um, that was gutsier than I think I realized at the time. Right? And Mm -hmm. And then when I decided to pivot, kind of lean back in, and then I was like, no one's going to believe me. And I like, they don't, it was, it was so dang scary the whole time. And I just had to kind of keep believing and pushing through and having friends like Kat who were like, no, you can. And I'm like, I don't think I can. She's like, you can. Just go. <laughs> and um, yeah, I and now I'm here and I'm the only woman on e-staff. I'm the only woman, I, I think we have one other that's a senior manager, but I've hired, you know, since I joined, we've hired more women than men mm. at the company. I'm being loud and obnoxious about it. Yeah. Um, wow. And I'm doing it. And You're I doing feel it. like a rebel because like I'm now double downing and I'll tell you something, Carol, I couldn't do it without my husband. Because he made a shift to shift back a gear so that I could shift forward. Nice. And he said, it's your turn. Go. And he gave me my wings, mm. which I clipped for myself. He would have, he's always been incredibly supportive. And so I would say, have a partner that supports you is awesome. Yeah. Um, Amen. Journey. But yeah, like I, I got my wings. And yeah. now I'm going and like, I don't know where it's going, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like a pretty big rebel cause I bucked the system and still ended up in the right place. I love it. You did it afraid and did it anyway. I love yeah, it. I That's right. Death. And I was scared to death when I took this job and I'm probably scared, you know, now it used to be every day, all day. Now it's few times a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. If we're not scared at least one time a day, we may yes. not be doing the right thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's the worst that could happen? I had a, cons- I had a thriving consulting business that I shut down. So, you know, yeah. what's yeah. going to happen? What, what you going to do? Right. That's right. I know <laughs> I'll land on my feet. I've proven that. Yeah. And, and I love it. One thing, Carol, you said when you were on our podcast, you said like, how, you talked about how when people are like, well, I've just stayed home and I've just done this or I've just, and you're like, just? Mm-hmm. Dude. It counts. It all counts. All yeah. of your experience counts. And so when we remember the power that's within us that, yes. you know, when you've had the crying baby or the, you know, I, my baby had C. diff at one point. It was awful. Like, but we got through it. Yeah. 
And when yeah. you realize what you've gotten through in life, not just in career, in all of life, all, all of us have had setbacks. Mm-hmm. All of us have had learnings. Mm-hmm. Get your and, power from getting through the learnings and, and landing in a better place. Love it. Absolutely. Me too. There's proof. Too. That's all mm-hmm. proof that if you did it then, you could do it again. I love Absolutely. it. What about I, you, Kat? I just want to say I love the I love the you know looking at the worst case scenario right you've got that mapped out hey, worst case scenario is a, you about you go back to having a thriving consulting practice <laughs> right right oh, oh well no no no, right. no loss there so you know I'm going to piggyback off Liz here and I believe that being a career rebel is being willing to speak your truth even when your voice is shaking and your knees are wobbly Ooh. and. Career rebels will connect with their vision and their why on a daily basis and understand the value of that, the value of that two minutes to do that. And that gives them the strength and the courage to do it their way. They really are CEOs of their own life. Mm. Wow. Mic drop. Mic drop moment. (laughs) That was awesome. Oh my God. I love it. So much amazingness. Listen, Liz, Kat, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure. You all have just dropped some, just so much amazing wisdom and knowledge of your own experience, your experience with your clients. And, you know, just as being rebel and game-changing women yourself, it's just been absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting us. What What a fun night. Yes, thanks for having us, Karen. Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's all I have for you today, Rebels. If you love this episode, share with others and who you know will benefit from this. You know, all these amazing nuggets and insights that you got today definitely need to be heard by other people. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment and review. We will make sure that all the information so you can find out more information about uh, the Real Job Talk podcast and more about what uh, Liz and Kat are doing. We'll make sure those are in the show notes as well. And until next time, have an amazingly rebellious week. See you next time. Hey, if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, then you've got to come check out the Career Rebel Academy. It's where you'll get the individual help and support you need applying the concepts and strategies you're learning here and so much more. You'll be joined by a community of other rebels just like you, and I'll be there as your guide every step of the way. If you're genuinely looking to change the course of your life and career, I promise you, this is the place you'll want to be. Just go to www.carolparkerwalsh.com forward slash career dash rebel dash academy. I can't wait to see you there.